thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of the Mesa Message. Things are going to be a little different this week. I'm Dr. Sharon Rivera. I'm the director of the Mesa program at Tacoma Community College. And with us, we have Tabitha Kopp. She is the one and only brain behind this uh, <laughs> podcast for you. And I get to interview her. So uh, we're super stoked to have Tabby with us. Yay, slash scary. <laughs> How you doing today, Tabby? Uh, I'm pretty good, actually. How are you? I'm super, thanks. Excellent. Thank you. Everything yeah. is awesome. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with us and be on the other side of the question asking experience. Um, yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It's It's a little weird. It's a little weird to be on this. I'm used to doing the introduction. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't kick this one off. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're studying, and what you do and all that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Tabby or Tabla, whatever. Uh, and I am working towards my degree in marine biology. My goal is to work in um the really fancy name for it is cetacean ethology really what it means is that i want to work with small tooth whales and dolphins uh, and study behaviors in the wild uh, i'm really interested specifically in social interactions so i'm excited about that um i did recently complete my aa degree at tacoma uh Woo-hoo. community college yeah Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. yay graduate yeah. in spring yay go me um <laughs> and then uh, I'm taking a, a little bit of a break. I'm taking a gap year. And then my goal is to transfer to University of Washington uh, up in Seattle to continue my degree and complete my undergraduate. And then uh, just kind of see what happens from there. That's awesome. Super stoked for you. Thank you. Um, have you always known that you wanted to work in this field? Uh, and you'll have to say it again. Uh, you want to... <laughs> do marine biology so you can work with uh i want to work with small tooth whales and dolphins and study okay. their behavior in the wild okay what yeah. was the fancy word you used oh the the fancy term for my my eventual <laughs> goal uh it's cetacean ethology got it so okay. ethology is uh the study of behavior uh cetaceans actually encompass all whales and dolphins but my interest is primarily in small tooth whales and dolphins So uh, belugas, orcas, narwhals, I found very fascinating. Um, uh, There's an amazing variety of dolphins that all have unique behaviors and family groupings uh, from white-sided to spotted to the common bottlenose dolphin. So Tabby, what made you decide to pursue this major? Uh, (laughs) A movie? (laughs) Kind of. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, so I am part of what I call, I've never heard anyone else call it this, but I am part of what I call the Keiko generation. Um, and for those who are not familiar, in the 90s, there is a movie released called Free Willy. And uh, the movie featured the the star actor, the, the, the whale slash dolphin, the orca, uh, was played by a real life orca by the name of Keiko, uh, who lived in a tank in Mexico. And the the premise of the movie was like you had this this kid who like his parents had abandoned him and he was in this foster home and he was always getting into trouble because no one really... I don't want to say no one cared about him, but he was never monitored. He never had rules. He never had anything that, like, in my opinion, that, like, someone of his age needed in order to grow into a responsible adult. And I think there are a lot of us that know that that doesn't always work out either, but for the sake of this movie. And uh, he ended up spray painting at the tank where the orca was being kept, and he got community service to clean it up. And uh, in the course of that community service, he formed this bond with this killer whale who wouldn't perform for anybody and wouldn't learn new tricks. And of course, he and this kid formed this bond and then he was doing tricks and then uh, he still wasn't making the amusement park money. So, you know, 
the evil amusement park owners uh, tried to kill him. They tried, not the kid, <laughs> although they did actually try and kill the kid at one point, but they tried to kill the whale to get the insurance money because at that point, uh, the whale was losing them so much money that it was going to be easier and more profitable for them to kill him and claim oh the God. insurance money and turn it into something else. Your face makes me think you've never seen this movie and I feel like I failed you as a friend. You know, um, I think it's been a bajillion years, but w- as you're talking, I feel like I've never seen this movie and it could be something uh really wonderful that I could do during yeah. this COVID summertime. It's great. And it's interesting to me how many people at this point, and I think that part of it is that, especially in community college, like, I'm older than a lot of the students. I'm not old by any means, but I am outside of the average age range, I believe, of our student base. And so I say free willy and everyone's like, what's free willy? And I'm like, oh my god, I have failed you as a fellow human being. You have to see this movie. And it's, at this point, it's kind of indie. Like, you have to look for it in order to find it it's not on your major streaming platforms um Uh. anyway that's not the point (laughs) the point is uh so they try and kill kill the whale and of course the boy you know the kid finds out about it and he has to save him and so they set the whale free and i have always loved the ocean and marine biology and pretty much anything that comes comes within the realm of marine biology so much so that when i was a little girl uh i remember we found um, we, as in me and my parents, found uh, old Jacques Cousteau marine biology books at a yard mm-hmm. sale for like, I don't know, three bucks or something. I remember those. I probably could not read a single word in those books because I'm sure it was all like scientific names and stuff, but I wanted those books and I would spend hours flipping through and looking at the pictures and there were dolphins and things like that. And you look at those pictures as compared to now and you're like, whoa, Uh, (laughs) like we have so much better imaging now. Um, Mm. But you know, that was kind of my gateway. And then I remember watching Free Willy and being like, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to work with Orca. And, um... It was transformative in my life, uh, but not as immediately as I would like to say that it was. Um, I, here we go. I, uh, I dropped out of high school. Like I, there was a point in my life where science seemed really hard and I wasn't good at math and I believed the whole right brain, left brain thing. So, you know, I was good at English and I was good at drawing and those were the things that I could do and I would never be good at science and I would never be good at math. And these are just things that I told myself. And so I just quit high school. I got my GED. I did a completion program. So I had my diploma and then I started working full time and I was really happy for a while. And then I thought, you know, I want more out of life. And when I went back to school, I was like, this is it. It's always been my dream. I'm older than I thought I was, but I'm going to be as old as I am or I'm going to be whether I go to school and become a marine biologist or not. And so um, I started doing that. Uh, And then, you know, along the way, I've listened to podcasts. I have, in addition to this one, I have also helped produce (laughs) other podcasts um, and things like that. And I've had an opportunity um, to anecdotally learn quite a few things. I've looked at some scientific papers, but some of it is still a little over my head as far as like um, acoustics and orca calls and things like that go. Um, but I, I love to talk about it and I will, <laughs> I, I talk about it, um, possibly at nauseum to some of my friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about what it was like growing up and maybe some experiences that you had to, um, put you where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up, um, I had a great family. I know that not uh, not everyone is fortunate enough to say that, but I had two parents, um, a mom and a dad, who really loved me and really wanted great things for me. Um, I know that the struggles that I went through were very hard on them also, um, but I was socially awkward. I have been overweight all of my life, and if you have been an overweight uh teen or preteen in junior high school, you know that it's honestly kind of hell. Mm. Um, It's not great. It's not fun. Uh, Kids can be kind of mean. And I think that it's, you know, it's just at a weird crossroads. And so I struggled a lot. Um, And then when I was in my freshman year um, of high school slash it was junior high for me, it was my last year of junior high, um, I was diagnosed with depression. 
And so I was really struggling there also. Um, I then, you know, had to go through the rounds of medication to find something that fit. Uh, I was still socially awkward and it just kind of reached a point. Um, I think I was in, I had just started my junior year of high school and I just kind of went, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not happy. My parents aren't happy. I don't want to go to school. I'm wasting yeah. everybody's time um, because I sign up for classes and then I don't show up and I'm sure that uh, you know, my teachers are worried about me and my parents are worried about me because they don't know where I'm at because I'm not going, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I'm supposed to. And so um, I, I had talked to my parents and had arranged that I would quit school and go to work full time and I would pay rent. And I was happy. I was absolutely happy doing that because working a full-time job was totally different from high school. And it's not even so much that like, you know, I didn't want to learn because I did. I've always liked to learn. Um, But the social structure of a workplace is more adult than a high school is. Um, And I excelled at what I did. I was very good in the workplace. And so I got... Hmm. I I don't I don't know the word I'm looking for. Accommodation isn't right. Um. I guess accolade. Maybe I got like accolades in the workplace that I couldn't and wouldn't, both due to my social anxiety and where I had found myself in my classes and things like that. Um. Overall, I would say I had a great childhood. I I had my struggles and I had things that were uh, were hard and I think that we all struggle with certain things. Um. But, you know, my parents love me and they tried really hard. And I know that that puts me a step um, ahead of some people who maybe don't have that. Um, but I did drop out. <laughs> I actually ended up going to culinary school. Uh, so I was in a trade school for culinary arts. And I finished that and I decided I hated it. So I was kind of back at step one. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean... It was great. I I grew up here. We, you know, did family vacations and stuff like that. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Can you share with us some of the experiences that you've had uh, since you've been at TCC um, and how they've uh, influenced and supported you to graduate and um, move forward and pursue your career? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, there were a lot of things that surprised me in a good way from TCC. Uh, I had never been to college before, and I knew that I was I was going to a community college uh, because that's what I could afford. I assumed by now I'd have a hundred thousand dollars in debt, which isn't true. I do have debt. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I, I was, I was scared. I was at an age where I would have to take full financial responsibility. Um, and between advising and me doing my own research and having great mentors, um, that process has become a lot less stressful than it could have been. And then I think that there is this general attitude and it's recognized by administration but there's a general attitude that when you go to community college your degree is less than if you go to a university and what i found is that that is not true um and in fact that i have talked to students um and i'm going to use this specific class as an example although i'm sure it's true all over campus but there are students who uh come to tcc to take uh, A&P or anatomy and physiology because we have one of the best A&P classes in the area. We mm-hmm. have one of the best nursing programs in the area. And it sounds like I'm really, you know, touting TCC and to an extent I am, but I'm also touting community colleges in right. the sense that, you know, they're more than what you think they are. Right. And additionally, I have become, um, Oh, I can't think of the words that I'm that I'm looking for, uh, but I have found really great mentors at TCC, even just beyond the advising office. Um, everybody from you, Sharon, who I oh, consider yeah. my friend and my mentor, um, to I did a research project um, with Dr. Ralph Hitz, uh, who is in the geology department. I actually took oceanography from him mm-hmm. and... Um, I told him I wanted to do research and he's like, sure, let's do research. Uh, So yeah, that was really great uh, to Dr. Sean Henderson. Uh, He's um, originally, I'm going to say New Zealand. And if that's wrong, he's, 
he's going to kill me uh, because New Zealand and Australia are very close and I can't oh, tell dear. the accents apart and they're oh, very dear. rivalry. Yes. So uh, um, he is from one of those places. <laughs> I'm just going to agree with you and say New Zealand. Okay. I'm pretty sure he has a, a kiwi. Well, he has a picture of a kiwi outside of his office. So I'm okay. pretty sure. That's... Yep. You, you'd you be. Yep. That's a good. good okay. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> Um, anyway, Sean Henderson uh, has been really amazing, both at helping me look at institutions um, locally, transfer ins- institutions locally, as well as internationally. Um, Dr. Henderson is actually a marine biologist, uh, so I was really grateful to get partnered up with him. He has done research in the field of uh, <laughs> dolphin obesity. Um, so just when you think that there is not a field for something, guess what? There is. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, I, I'm listing some of my my mentors and some of the people that have helped me through the counseling department has been instrumental in helping me get through college. Uh, the Cushmans, uh, Dr. Ken Cushman and Dr. Heather Cushman, I took biology from them. Um, I know I'm about to say it on a podcast, but don't repeat it. They're two of my favorite professors at this school. <laughs> um I can't have... say that it won't fly throughout the world, okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's official now. Uh, just don't let them listen to this episode so we don't make their heads bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but both of them were really fabulous professors. Um, Heather specifically really helped me out at a really tough time. Um, I was having some mental health issues while I was taking her class. Um, and I reached out to her via email. She actually reached out to me first, which meant a lot to me, too because I was one of the front seaters in her class and uh, I had missed three or four days and she's like are you okay I haven't seen you and I was like oh my god she loves me and I just like (laughs) I was just crying because I was crying anyway and so uh, she was really fabulous she really helped me work through some of those things I didn't even have accommodations like through like I didn't find out until later that I qualified for accommodations through access services and so the fact that she was willing to sit down and help like I would miss lectures and then I would arrange times to like meet her in office hours and she would help go over information with me Um, and she was very patient and she answered all of my crazy questions that didn't have to do Oh, with direct class material. I remember when we were studying um, lung function because we were doing um, not uh, full anatomy and physiology in her class, but we were doing some physiology and we were talking about lung function and how the lungs work and how pressure works and things like that. And I was like, well, how does it work for marine biological animals? <laughs> and she was like, Dabby. And I'm like, I know, but I have to know. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. So she was really great for that. So that has been really fabulous. And then I've also, um, I mean, connecting with Mesa was a really big, uh, had a really big impact. Um, And, you know, sharing you are Mesa. So connecting with you. uh, And when Mari was here, connecting with Mari, Mm -hmm. um, I... Both through Dr. Henderson, who was my faculty advisor, as well as through... um, some podcasts that I was listening to at the time, some marine biology podcasts, uh, I was connected to the Research Experience for Undergraduates program, or REU, through the National Science Foundation. Um, And I remember applying for that and thinking, there's no way I'm going to get this. It's so competitive, so competitive. But I threw my name in there. I was like, okay, whatever. You know, the worst they're going to do is tell me no, and I'll apply again next year, and they'll never get rid of me. And and so I had applied for that, and I had had an interview, and then they sent me, like, uh, we'd like to extend this opportunity to you. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? And so I I remember it vividly because that's about the point, Sharon, that I got connected with you in Mesa because Mesa was new Mm -hmm. on campus. And I remember coming to you and you're like, what do you need? What can I do? That's so exciting. You're going to be doing this REU. And I was like, well, I have to give up my job and I don't know where I'm going to live when I come back. Right. And you were like, we'll figure it out. You're taking this opportunity. We'll figure it out. And I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is going to be great. So (laughs) did it work out? It did. It worked out. Yes. Yeah, it totally did. It was fabulous. It was one of the best experiences of my life. So, oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. 
want to tell us a little bit more about the RU experience? I would love to tell you more about the yeah, RU let's experience. Do that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so just a little bit of background in RU. RU, like I said, stands for Research Experience for Undergraduates. It is for students um, in their freshmen. They're basically first to fourth year. Um, so freshman to senior year of undergraduate studies. Uh, and it you qualify whether you go to a community college or a university. The idea behind it is really that it's supposed to be an opportunity for students who do not have regular access to research projects. Um, so a lot of your university is like University of Washington. Uh, just for example, it's it's close and it's what's on my brain. <laughs> uh, but for example, the University of Washington um, has like research grants and research professors and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and as a community college, we don't necessarily have those things. And so the REU, while yes, can and will accept students from an institution like the University of Washington is really designed for students, uh, honestly, like me, that went to a community college um, and may not have opportunities to get on bigger research projects like that. So the really cool thing about the REU is that, yes, it's an internship, but it's a paid internship, uh, which is super hard to find. <laughs> no one wants to pay interns. Uh, and so the, the funding for that internship comes from the National Science Foundation, and it gets funneled into institutions that host REU students. So, for example, although, you know, I went to this REU and I was paid by the National Science Foundation, the actual program is that I went to was run by Oregon State University, specifically the uh, Hatfield Marine Science Center um, Extension Campus. In my project, I was working with Dr. John Chapman, who is one of the leading researchers in invasive species, um, pretty much anywhere, <laughs> not just in the in the country, but pretty much anywhere. Uh, he is a fabulous man. He is so kind, and he uh, wanted us to ask questions, and sometimes I didn't, and I should have because I felt like an idiot. Um, but he's like, "No, you have to ask," <laughs> okay. um, and he was absolutely um, he stood by what he said. I remember we were working with a researcher uh, from the main Oregon State University campus. Um, and he literally said in one of our meetings, I don't know enough to know the questions that I should ask. What am I not asking that I should be asking? And I remember just kind of like doing a mental step back and being like, that is a great question. And so I really tried to embrace that. That's one of one of many fabulous things I learned from Dr. Chapman. Um, great question. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I'm super impressed. Even to this day, I'm super impressed with that question. Um, so my internship, I was working with Dr. John Chapman, as well as Dr. Brett Dumbald. Um, Dr. Dumbald works with the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife. Um, and then there were actually three interns, which is a record. There are almost never three interns on a single project with a single um, PI or um, primary investigator. And so there were three of us. All of us had a different research question, or all of us were actually looking into a different aspect of, of this thing that we were studying. And the thing that we were studying was mud shrimp, <laughs> which I didn't know existed until this project came along. And now there I know enough about mud shrimp to bore any human being. Um <laughs> Which is great. I have. I've, I've put people to sleep before and I'm not sorry. Uh, I will never apologize for that because I think That's the right. mud shrimp are fascinating. Um, so the mud shrimp that we were studying are the blue mud shrimp um, or their scientific name is Eupajubia pugetensis. Uh, and they are they're, they have many fascinating aspects about them, and I won't tell you all of them, but I will share some of them and the purpose for us being there. Uh, and the thing is, is that Eupagibia pugetensis, uh, we were specifically studying the species pugetensis, but there are three or four different kinds of Eupagibia. Um, the Eupagibia pugetensis live on the mudflats uh, right by the Hatfield Marine Science Center. So they were easy access, which is really great. Um, and I use the word easy loosely because if you've ever tried to dig anything up on a mud flat it's basically a nightmare uh <laughs> okay yeah take i haven't word. but i'll take your word yeah for take it. my word for it it's <laughs> it's it's interesting it, for science anyway for science yeah. kind of because there are certain preservation techniques that have to happen so that you actually get the data that you're looking for um yes. 
And so uh, we went out to study them. There being the reason that um, Dr. Chapman got on this is because the Eupatubias are being infested with a invasive parasite. So this parasite is actually native to parts of Asia, and it is found in some shrimp beds with other species of Eupagibia, but not the Pugetensis. So what they think happened is that um, this parasite made its way over like on a boat, uh, like on like the bottom of a boat, a uh, shipping boat, and I'll say boat like six more times, I'm sure. And uh, it is infesting, but because it is not a natural parasite to the uh, the blue mud shrimp, um, it is infesting at an alarming rate. And there have actually been um, collapse of entire systems, which oh, wow. is very concerning because um, the blue mud shrimp... Uh, it, it makes its environment. And at this point, I'd have to take a look and see what that word is because uh, I can't think of it. But it doesn't just, like, it doesn't look for certain things and then live there. It creates its environment and the environment for other species in that area. Um, so if we see the collapse of, of uh, the blue mud shrimp in certain areas, we're also talking about the collapse of several adjacent species or the collapse of entire ecosystems, really. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Dr. Chapman got on this because of this invasive parasite and he's been working with these shrimp for like 20 or 30 years he's been on this project wow. for a very long time um, my particular project that i was working on um, had to do with uh, unraveling food webs or looking at uh, trophic distribution so in order to do that we actually did um, what's called stable isotope ana analysis where we took hundreds of samples uh, from the mudflats we dried those samples and then crushed them and ran them through a mass spectrometer to get ratios of carbon and nitrogen, specific carbon and nitrogen isotopes, uh, which would tell us uh, information about energy flow and who was eating who within the mudflat, or maybe not necessarily eating who, but who was closest to eating primary consumers as opposed to secondary consumers or anything like that, primary producers, things like that. Um, so it's a really fascinating project. Additionally, um, my other two interns were working on other projects that I don't know the details of because we were all very busy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I but I remember um, one of one of the girls was working on looking at um, soil size distribution within mud burrows and trying to find out if they were actually um, like cultivating a food source or something like that, if there was enough surface area. Uh, to produce that food. So it was it was a crazy 10 weeks that actually, yeah, the, all this happened in 10 weeks, folks. Um, wow. And uh, it, it my personal project, other than like the things that you have to do, like you have to practice writing a scientific paper and give a presentation, um, my project largely culminated in Alaska because um, that's, we, we had an agreement with a lab in Alaska, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration lab to run our samples through the mass spectrometer. So that was also very cool because I got to that's see awesome. like a, a huge official official lab and I got to play with the like super sensitive um <laughs> scales and things and totally yeah it was you it was fantastic. over all that stuff did you oh I totally did <laughs> yeah it was absolutely fantastic and it was even better because like while we were up there most we had brought our samples with us so most of what we were doing um was collecting masses of a, a certain amount or within a certain range in order to run through the mass spec mm -hmm. and it's it's not brainless isn't quite the right answer, but it doesn't require like intense amount of concentration. And we didn't really know anyone in the lab. So it was mostly like stay out of the way and use this balance. <laughs> that was basically it. But they had um, Bluetooth headphones. And so uh, me and Mackenzie, who was the other intern that was, went with me to Alaska, we just put our Bluetooth headphones on and watched like Netflix, like measure out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it was science. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That sounds like a um, a really influential experience that you had. It absolutely um, was. And one of the reasons I was very careful, I think when I, so when I applied to the REU program, 
there are hundreds of opportunities mm-hmm. in the REU program and you kind of have to figure out how you're going to narrow it down. So I, even though I had more um, education in chemistry at that point, I knew that I wanted to do something biological. I knew that I wanted to do something marine biological and very specifically, I wanted to do something involving field work because mm-hmm. that's what I want to do when I'm done. And if I didn't like it and it sucked, I wanted right. to know then <laughs> at right. that time rather than complete my education and then go, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, definitely better to find out now. Mm-hmm. Great. So you like it then? You like working in the field? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. I spent the cool. entire summer covered in mud uh, and it was... <laughs> gross and really fabulous that's great oh i love it (laughs) so what has been the most surprising thing for you and your educational journey so far yeah um i talked to i talked about a lot of the things that surprised me especially when it came to like community college when i was talking about Mm -hmm. my mentors and the fact that i didn't think i could get the same education even though it was what i could afford at a community college as i could at a university Uh, i think that one of the most surprising things actually came when i was on my internship um (laughs) and we're about to get a little personal uh so got it (laughs) tune in uh tune in you're already tuned in don't leave i guess is what i meant to say (laughs) buckle up something like that um so i have been an independent uh person my whole life i am self-driven i am self-motivated i can work well on a team but I do really well also by myself. I like to make my own decisions. And um, a lot of times when I'm in a group, people turn to me to make decisions. Um, And so I had decided years ago, years and years and years ago, that I've never believed, never, even now to a certain extent, I don't believe that like you can do it all. I feel like that's something that... um, and we're going to get into gender a little bit too, uh, that we tell a lot of women and it's sort of a makeup Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, before women could work full time and vote where like, oh, you can have it all. You can do it all now. You can do Mm -hmm. anything you want to. And that's, in my opinion, and you're welcome to have a different one, but that is crazy. You cannot give 100% at work and give 100% at home and give 100% to your, like, we're already at 300%, uh, which is more than one full person. Um, So I I always believed that and that I would have to make sacrifices. And one of the sacrifices that I was willing to make is that I wouldn't have a family. I just wouldn't. And I was okay with that. I was happy with that. I wanted my career more than I wanted anything else. And I remember being in Oregon and I remember having multiple conversations with Dr. Chapman. Um, he was, was a really great mentor to me. And uh, Dr. Chapman has as close to it all as I have ever seen. He uh, has two kids and a wife. And when his kids were younger, he would do science and he would coach the swimming team. And, um, you know, he he coached volleyball and he is still very close to his children. Actually, when we went to Alaska, it was uh, cheaper and more economical for us to drive from Oregon to Seattle and then go from Seattle to Alaska. And so we actually met his son for lunch when we were in Seattle because his son was in Seattle and I think that that was the first time that I went wow like here here is this gentleman who has you know he married the love of of his life who is also a scientist and you know they had two children who he was able to dote on and give attention to and coach Mm -hmm. you know swim teams and things like that um he has great memories of vacations with his his children and things you know he was able to do all of those things and he has a super successful he like i said he is one of the top names one of the top scientists in invasive species marine biology um he teaches a class in it at oregon state university and that was life-changing um 
Yeah. <laughs> Don't make that face. I can see. Oh your face. no, it's like a it's like a melting Oh. I'm like I'm like melting with happiness. Oh good. Okay. Okay. To have discovered that. Yeah, it was just it was really great. Um because like I said, I I had resolved myself and I I was a little sad about it, but I was okay with the decision that I had made to not have not create my own uh uh nuclear family and to just mm-hmm. be happy with my extended family and to give everything that I had to my career uh because if you ask me what I love the most in this world honestly it's probably going to be an orca uh <laughs> <laughs> and so I was okay with that and then seeing someone who had done it differently than what I thought I needed to do and had done mm-hmm. it successfully uh, was really great. And I don't know if I ever told Dr. Chapman that. Uh, I probably should at some point, Aww, actually. Well, we'll have to send him this podcast, too. And yeah. he'll be like, oh, Tabby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then he's going to be like, did you write that paper yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting on that. We are okay. on that. This is teamwork. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's important to um, follow up with what you were sharing that yeah. all looks a lot different to people. Yeah. Your all might not look like my all, which right. doesn't look like Dr. Chapman's all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really uh, you as an individual get to be fulfilled. Yeah. Um, and don't get to take what society says you should or shouldn't have as right. what you should or shouldn't have. Right. Um, so, well, I, yeah. And I think also like, I've matured a lot in even just the last couple of years. Um, Me too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, that's life. Uh, So I think that there has been that realization uh, for me that what I value and what I consider to be 100% Mm -hmm. may not be what others consider valuable or to be 100% and that that is okay. And Mm -hmm. I might even argue that that's what makes the world go round. Um, Yeah. And I think also there's been a lot of, um, again, here we go. We're going to get a little bit personal. <laughs> Hi, folks. <laughs> You're going to get to know me today. Um, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about being diagnosed with depression when I was younger. Uh, I have found out within the last couple of years that my depression is actually a symptom of a generalized anxiety disorder. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I've learned to recognize triggers and things that are specifically related to that. And one of the things that I've realized is that my all or nothing attitude where I give everything 100% or I don't even bother um, is very much an anxiety um, attitude. (laughs) And it's also, uh, it's something that I'm working on. It's one of my, my personal projects of my, uh, personal self is that I'm trying to kind of break that because it's not healthy. Um, Mm -hmm. I cannot give a hundred percent to everything. Accepting my first C was like one of the hardest, (laughs) the hardest things. C's are unacceptable. (laughs) in my brain this is what my brain tells me if you're listening to this podcast i'm not saying that to you i'm saying that to myself um that's that's how i approach everything like Mm -hmm. it's an a or it's an f and there's no in between (laughs) which is not healthy don't do that people (laughs) fair yes yes and i'm glad that you're working on it and you're discovering things about yourself right like knowledge is power Mm -hmm. um and absolutely knowing more about yourself like yes good glad to hear it thank you glad 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 to hear it thank you um let's see Hmm. what do you think students who are also looking to be uh, marine biologists should consider what what's something that stands out to you yeah um there are a couple things actually um some of them are academic actually most of them are academic let's be honest We're, this is a college podcast um <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah for sure uh i think that first off marine biology is way bigger than you think it is um mm-hmm. it's way bigger than i think it is i will never forget applying to that internship and being like what are mud shrimp <laughs> 
And one of the things, you know, I talk about my love of orca and I talk about dolphins and, you know, fancy words for degrees and things like that. Um, But the truth is I've always, I've always told myself from the beginning that it's possible I'll fall in love with something else along the way. And that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a point in time when I took a chemistry class and I found out that I actually really like chemistry. (laughs) Sharon's Sharon's cheering in the background. Um, (laughs) Now in the foreground. Uh, And I came really close, actually, to switching my major um, to chemistry because it was just so much fun. And there were labs and there were calculations I got to do. And oh my gosh, atoms are like the coolest thing ever. Uh, And then I took biology class. How much chemistry did you do on your REU, though? Um, a lot. Yeah, totally. I did right? a lot. And yeah. You did marine biology. Yeah, I so, did my yeah. marine biology chemistry. And it's funny yeah. because um I I remember like that's where I was at and then I took a biology class and I was like, Oh, biology's the coolest thing I've ever done. Like every science class oh. I take is the coolest science class I have ever <laughs> taken. I am right. super easy to please. <laughs> because science is your jam it so. is yeah it's really it's really interesting yeah. um so keep that in mind uh that marine biology biology chemistry whatever whatever your passion is whatever you're going for it's probably bigger than you think it is uh and if it's a science it's probably at least you know to the 10th power as big as you think it is <laughs> <laughs> um and then i would say also uh find your tribe whether your tribe is other students whether it's mentors whether it's the counseling department because god help some of us we need it um you know find your tribe find the people that are going to root for you and uh do little cheers over zoom every time you mention that you graduate in spring uh yeah yeah. i'm looking at you sharon (laughs) um you know find your tribe uh and then i would say um also and i would I would almost argue that this is one of the most important things, even though I'm putting it at the end. Um, Look at your transfer institutions early. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kind of figure out where you think you want to go and what programs they have and where you're going to fit into that program. If you can, meet with them. Um, I have actually already met with the advising department for the marine biology program at the University of Washington, and I'm grateful that I did. Excuse me, because when I met with them, um, they were like, oh, my gosh, you're ready. You should transfer now. Don't even worry about finishing your degree. We want you here because I had already done research and I had done all of these classes. Right. And I at the time I was working on my own research project with uh, Dr. Hitz um, here in Commencement Bay in Tacoma. And I was doing all of these things. And they're like, yeah, yeah, give me like, give me. You're the kind of student that we right. want in this program. And then I went to actually apply to UW and I realized that not only was I not ready to apply, but I was actually on the wrong track uh at tcc which was disappointing and frustrating (laughs) and it it worked out i worked it out um and i'm glad that i got it worked out but my stay was extended a little bit and if i had taken the opportunity to have some of those conversations earlier i might have been able to finish earlier and potentially even actually just kind of transfer um i'm not Mm -hmm. you know disappointed that i got my aa i'm very happy i got i have a degree (laughs) i'm the first one in my nuclear family with a degree i'm very excited about that um but I could have saved myself a little bit of time. And it's that's going to be especially true if you're going out of state or if you think that you might want to study out of country, which I know seems like a far-fetched idea right now in the time of COVID. Um, but it may not be a far, far-fetched idea in the future. Uh, one of the conversations that I had with my mentor slash faculty advisor, Dr. Henderson, uh, was the potential of me um, attending school in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. He is from New Zealand. There we go. <laughs> confirmed. Took the whole podcast. Confirmed. Yeah, I took the whole podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, potentially attending university um, at, at the University of Auckland in New Zealand because they have a fabulous marine biology program. And after a lot of thought and a lot of talking to my family, I decided that that wasn't the best bet for me. But it could be for some of you. And especially if you're looking at um, international institutions, you're going to want to make sure all of your ducks are in a row. 
love that. And Tabby, there's always grad school and there's always a postdoc. Oh, yeah. That's one of the reasons so, I'm not worried about it. There's always a job and there's a right. Like yeah. there are other ways to get to all those places. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. I have very Good. little intention of actually doing research in the States <laughs> when I graduate. Okay. I'm just going to travel the world and do it all over the place. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, that's the goal. Love it. Um, so... In there, did you have any unconventional advice you wanted to share? I do, actually. Oh, yes. I love it. Yeah. I think you know what I'm going to say, because I say this every time when people ask me for advice. Um, (laughs) The short phrase is, you do you. Um, The longer actual, like, explanation of that um, is that you are important. It is important that you take care of yourself. And sometimes that's going to mean skipping a homework assignment. Um, Sometimes it's going to mean, you know, you get a B on this one instead of an A. Uh, Sometimes it's going to mean that you have an exam on Monday, but it's been a really stressful week. So you're going to go over to your friend's house and you guys are going to binge watch the 100 uh, and you'll study tomorrow. (laughs) Um, And those are not things that we generally hear from our instructors or our mentors or advisors. Uh, But mental health is just as if not, especially as as a student, if not more important um, than some of the other things that you, you could be doing. Uh, now this does not mean that I'm telling you to play video games for five days in a row and then cram for a test the night before. No, don't <laughs> that, do that. That's, that's a bad study tactic. That is, that is not an excuse. Um, but there will be times where you will have to say, um, is it better for me as a person to take a night off and with a friend or with the cat binge watch the 100 and have a glass of wine or is it better to spend six hours working on an essay that i'm going to rewrite tomorrow because i hate everything that i wrote and i didn't Mm -hmm. i wasn't in a good headspace to write it or Mm -hmm. even you know skip that 10 to 20 point assignment because you matter and it's okay to take care of yourself and we don't get told that enough as i'm not even going to say as students as humans as people right. we don't get told to take care of ourselves often enough and it's right. okay to take care of you that's right i will second that take care of you so now you have two people telling you to take care of yourself <laughs> yep um, absolutely thank you tabby i agree yeah. with that um, I'm a, a big fan of uh, a no for one thing means a yes for something else. Yeah. Ooh, that's great so, too. I like that yeah. better than you do you. No, I love you do you. All right. Like that's, that's a t-shirt. We're doing that. <laughs> um, did you have anything else you wanted to share? Any last nuggets of wisdom? Anything you wish I asked you about and you didn't get to share? So you're going to share it now. I think the only thing, and it kind of goes with what I just said, but I think that sometimes the best thing you can do is something that's unconventional. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe that's going to be, you know, you live off campus at university because you really want to take your dog with you and that's important to you. Or maybe it's going to be taking a vacation in the middle of the quarter, staying up on your work, but taking a vacation in the middle of the quarter or in the summer or whatever it is you need to do. Um, I guess it all just kind of circles back around to um, like self-care and things like that. Also, I'm a pretty open book. So if you have questions, you want advice on REUs, uh, anything like that, um, you can reach out to me on the Mesa Twitter or I'm sure that Sharon would make sure that I got uh, emails that might be sent to the Mesa email, um, either forwarded to me or something like that. So feel free to reach out. Uh, to the podcast uh, and I'd be happy to talk to you whether you want more information on REUs or mud shrimp I would totally be happy yes. to talk to you about mud shrimp, mud shrimp. or orca <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love uh, it. so yeah you, geek Tabby. out with me <laughs> I guess you, is what thank I'm saying. you thank you yeah the Mesa Twitter what's the Mesa Twitter again yeah so the Mesa Twitter is um at Mesa at TCC so it's the at sign M-E-S-A-A-T-T-C-C there you go. Yep. So you want to talk to Tabby again, hit us up at our Mesa Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, Tabby. And just tell uh, me that you're listening to this podcast, too. That would mean a lot to me. Yeah. Woo, woo. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tabby. Thank you yeah. for um, getting on the other side of the mic. Yeah. And 
um, answering some really cool questions. Sorry if there is any background clatter. Um, I've got my family in the house. I think we've edited around. out all the screaming at this point. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, thanks, all the screaming. There's a toddler in there, so occasionally there might be a hoot or a holler. Yeah, um, that's important so, to know. Uh, she wasn't torturing yeah. anyone while we recorded yeah, totally. it. Was a toddler. No, no, there's none of that ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely been a, a wild ride to trying to uh, teach from home yeah. and learn from home and direct from home and engage with students from home and study from home. Right. So there's, um, it, this is really the one-stop shop. So we're making it all work. And I know that you all out there in podcast land are doing the same, uh, in your own way, shape or form with whatever you've got going on. So, um, take care of each other. Right. Like that's really important. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Uh, Remember to, you do you. Yep, you do you. Okay. And also, I just want to, like, give a kudos out to anyone who is teaching or taking classes right now. Um, My decision to uh, take a year off came before COVID. It was not COVID-inspired. It was due to some personal things happening. I took one semester or one quarter of all online classes and kind of wanted to stab myself in the eyeball. Uh, It's not my jam. So for those of you who are, you know, fighting with instructors who are fighting, uh, struggling with instructors who are also learning how to teach online as you're learning to learn online, um, props to you because it's hard right now and you deserve kudos. So kudos. Uh, Ask for what you need, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, you might just get it. Yep. Sharon, so. do you have, um, here we go. We're, we're flipping okay. the script again. That's, that's what ah, we do here. No, tell me, this is your podcast. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I get to ask questions too, even though I'm the guest. Oh, I okay. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, uh, coming from um, a professor, someone who is teaching a class in the days of COVID, is there a piece mm-hmm. of advice that you can give to students about maybe communication with their instructor or things that they can do? I love it. Thank you for asking this question, Tabby. Mm -hmm. Um, I have office hours and I know that a lot of other faculty will have office hours. Um, Go to them because I can't tell you how many times I've just sat on Zoom lonely waiting for somebody to come to my office hours. (laughs) And if you can't make the office hours, say, I can't make the office hours. I need to come at another time and make an appointment. it's hard this when you're doing this virtual learning because we don't see each other. So uh, making a connection, we need to be purposeful in making that connection, right? So I don't see you in the classroom anymore. I can't say, oh, like, hey, come over here. Let's talk about this, right? I can't catch you walking out the door or on a break when we're working on a worksheet. So, um so we have to be intentional intentional about creating uh, meaningful contact. So contact your, your instructor. They, they want you to. Um, and the same goes for the instructors. If y'all are listening, I know you reach out to the students. Um, write individual messages. That's what we're here for. Yeah, excellent. Thank you so much, Sharon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again, Sharon, uh, for conducting that interview. Uh, it was, like I said, it's a little weird to be on the other side of the microphone, but I really appreciate Sharon not only doing the interview, uh, conducting the interview, but really pushing me to be interviewed. Um, I, I'm hoping that my story will help someone. I'm hoping that you can find little little glimmers in there um, that might help you decide where your story is going to go and where your career and your dreams take you. Um, this podcast would be absolutely impossible without people like Sharon willing to help out and step in, uh, people like our previous and our future interviewees, uh, that are willing to share their story and, uh, you know, put a little piece of them out there. Uh, and again, thank you so much to the Mesa program for allowing this podcast to exist in the first place. 
Love you guys. Uh, are you a TCC Mesa student who would be willing to share your story or your journey? We're looking for students uh, as well as science, uh, science, engineering, and math faculty who would be willing to share their stories and their journey. If you're willing to do that, we would appreciate it if you reached out to us. You can email us at mesa at tacomacc.edu. That's M-E-S-A at tacomacc.edu. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. We can be reached on Twitter at Mesa at TCC. That's at M-E-S-A at TCC. A-T-T-C-C. <laughs> at Mesa TCC. At M-E-S-A A-T-T-C-C. Uh, sorry for tripping. I've recorded that a couple times. You guys are stuck with it that way. Um, uh, the same thing for book club books. So if you have a science fiction slash fantasy, a science fiction or a nonfiction science book that you would like to recommend or give us a review on to share on this podcast, you are also free to reach out to us either at that email address or on Twitter. This podcast is brought to you by the Mesa program at Tacoma Community College. You can follow us on Twitter. All music is provided by Purple Planet at www.purple-planet.com. They provide royalty-free music to the masses, so thank you so much for that. Do you have a Mesa or a TCC update that you would like for us to share on this podcast, please feel free to email us at mesa at tacomacc.edu with the subject line Mesa message updates. If you enjoyed this production, please consider leaving a review on your podcast player of choice. Reviews help us get noticed and allow more people to enjoy the content we provide. Uh, we are available on Stitcher Radio iTunes, as well as Spotify. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a good day.